0: Well, hello everyone, God bless you. Welcome back to the Bible Teaching Channel of A Love Outreach, and this is our Wednesday Night Live program. Uh, There is a little difference with this Wednesday Night uh, Live tonight, and that is is that what I'm actually speaking right now and what you are actually seeing right now is pre-recorded, you know, from a few hours ago. As you're watching this, it'll be from You know, two and a half hours ago that I actually recorded this and uh, I'm going to go ahead and record this teaching, but I am going to be here. So I'm going to be watching this live with you and um, I'm also going to be monitoring the chat. Section the comment section, so please do like you always do. Let us know who you are, where you're watching from, and if you have any prayer requests. Because what I'm going to do at the end of this teaching that you are now watching is I'm going to jump back on live and um, actually, you know, pray with anybody that's looking for any li- uh you know, for prayer, um, you know, or any way that we can help you to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So all that being said, let me just go ahead and jump into what I tried to do last Wednesday when we had some technical difficulties, hoping we don't have technical difficulties tonight. you know, I, uh, I had to go out and purchase a new piece of equipment and I'm hoping that this piece of equipment is going to be the answer. I don't have any official answers on what the problem was last week yet. Uh, still waiting to hear back from the software company whose program I use to do this live streaming and recording like you're watching now. But yeah, so anyway, that being said, I want to go ahead and talk about what I was going to talk about last week. And uh, that is a, you know, some scriptures that I wanted to go over with you. Um, last week it was uh, from Proverbs chapter 13 uh, that I was doing some reading in just my daily devotion type stuff. And um, as you've heard me mention before, the Proverbs, I cannot stress enough that if you can make a habit of reading the Proverbs, there's 31 chapters. It's something that you can do every day of the month and read it and read it and read it and just do it every month, make it a habit. Or if you know you can't do it on a daily basis you know, and, and, and you want to read the Bible today or on any given day, look at the day of the month that it is. In this case, when I read this, it was the 13th. I'm actually recording this on the 21st. Um, of June here, but you can pick up the Bible and you can read a proverb and uh, it'll be a blessing to you that I can guarantee you. But a week or so ago on the 13th, I was reading from Proverbs chapter 13 and I read this verse and it caused me to, you know, my mind to go and to think of some other scriptures that, you know, came to me as well. And uh, so, Proverbs chapter 13, verse seven says this. There is one who makes himself rich, yet has nothing. And one who makes himself poor, yet has great riches. So there's kind of a comparison here of two different people. And this brought to mind when I was reading it, some scriptures found in Luke chapter 18. And if you're in a position where you can do so, you have a Bible, go ahead and grab it, open it up to uh, the New Testament book of Luke, chapter 18. And I'm going to start reading down in verse 18. And to some of you, this may be a familiar story. Um, To some of you, maybe you're going to hear it for the first time. But uh, it'll tie in to what I just read from Proverbs 13:7. Let me read that again because you can never hear too much of the Word of God okay Proverbs 13:7 there is one who makes himself rich yet has nothing and one who makes himself poor yet has great riches. now Luke 18 verse 18. Now, a certain ruler asked him, now the him here is Jesus, saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, I want you to keep that in mind. That's the question that this rich ruler, a certain ruler, asked him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good, but one that is God. Interesting, right? Uh, Actually, I'm not going to get into that. I was about to go off on a little rabbit trail there because I want to kind of stay with something here. So let me go on. Verse 20, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. So this is what Jesus says to the guy. And the guy replies and says in verse 21, all these things I have kept from my youth. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Okay, so you see, as you take some time in your life to seek the Lord. And let me tell you, the best way that I can recommend you to do that, to seek the Lord, is to read the scriptures in a meditative way. And what I mean by meditative is, I mean, just take some time to think on what you're reading. Don't just read the Bible in a way that says, oh, okay, good, I read that, I'm done. I read that, I'm done. And put the Bible back on a shelf somewhere, right? that's not the way the Bible works in our lives and has an impact on our lives because the Bible is like an instruction guide for our lives. And it's something that we should make a habit of reading, like I said, in regards to the Proverbs. That's one place you can go do that, right? But when you you do seek God, right, you come to find out that the life that God has prescribed for us is an unencumbered life and you'll hear me expound on that as we go on as we continue to read the scriptures here okay but if you strive to make yourself rich you can find that you will get eaten up in the process right you've heard the saying money is the root of all evil well If you've heard it said that way, it's not quite the way the Bible says it. Um, If you want, you can go ahead and turn to 1 Timothy chapter six toward the back of your Bible from where, mark this page in Luke because we're gonna come back and we're gonna be looking at some scriptures in Matthew here as well. But back in 1 Timothy chapter six, it says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which, that is for money, Right? It says, some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Right, Because of greediness, they have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, most of us would like to say, well, I'm not greedy. Well, really? Maybe we should check ourselves and, and, and see how it is that we really think about money and what it is that we're really pursuing. And let me go on here, right? But anyway, just to tell you that money itself is not the root of all evil, but it's the love of money. If you highly esteem money, and it's something that you're chasing after, that's what greedy would be. You you, you just feel like, oh, I need more. Oh, I need more. Oh, I need more. And you don't have contentment. Okay, with the things that you have, and that's what the Bible teaches us to do: have contentment, right? But if otherwise, you can find that it does lead to all kinds of evil. It could lead to divorce in a marriage. It could lead to, to you know, family breakups. You know, brother against brother, brother against sister, sister against sister, all that kind of stuff, right? Over money, right? All over money, and that's that's evil. That's division, right? And, and we've got to have the proper perspective on the life that the Lord wants us to have. Like, like I said, that I would expound on a little bit later here is that unencumbered life where we're not burdened down, okay? And as Jesus spoke to this man here, this rich ruler, he saw something in this man's heart that wasn't quite right. And you know, that's what the Lord can do in our lives, If we're willing to allow him, he can look right into our hearts and see the truth. If we yield our our lives to him as the Lord and his spirit indwells us, he will convict us, he will instruct us in righteousness, he will reprove us, you know, he'll give us proper doctrine, proper perspective, all by the work of his Holy Spirit within us when we yield our lives to him and are born again of his spirit. Okay. So in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, and verse 12, it states that the word of God, right? Which I want to pause right there, okay, and tell you, remind you of something, right? And that is in John chapter 1, it talks about this. It says that in the beginning was the word, okay, and this is something to meditate on. In the beginning, right? All the way back in the beginning. Go back and read Genesis. How did God create everything? He spoke it into into existence. That's what God can do. Not me and you, but that's the power of God, right? He spoke this, everything into, he said, let there be light and there was light, right? He spoke this, okay? So in the beginning was the word, okay? And the word was with God, the word was God. But then something happens in John chapter one, down in verse 14, it says, "And and the word became flesh, and dwelt among us, among mankind, that is, right? And it says, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus was the Word made flesh. Jesus, God on earth, right? God in flesh and blood, right? He's also referred to as the Word in Scripture, right? And what I was quoting to you from Hebrews chapter 4. And verse 12 says that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, okay? So what we're, what we're doing here, what I do with you on Wednesday night and all of the other Bible teachings that I do is we read the written word of God. And that's what I encourage you to to do on your own. Read the written word of God, right? But at one time in history, the living word of God, Jesus Christ walked on the earth, God in the flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? And here, he's with this rich ruler in Luke chapter 18. And he's looking right into this man's heart. And through the written word of God, the holy spirit of the lord right it will reveal our hearts as well if we'll just submit our hearts to jesus as lord and be born of the spirit scripture tells us that the natural man does not cannot comprehend or does not understand the things of the spirit they don't make any sense to him but when you're born again and that happens when you make jesus christ your lord He's Lord of your life, okay? So again, go ahead and read Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 on your own. And I do that tonight even before you go to bed maybe, right? And think about it. And all these scriptures that I'm reading to you, you can do that with, right? But you see, sometimes when we read stuff like this or we hear things like this, it's easy for us to look at others and uh, you know, say, well, you know, with that guy, things aren't always as they seem. I don't know about that guy, but really, the most important thing that we should do when we read the scriptures, you know, we can look at this ruler, this rich ruler that Jesus was talking to, and say, uh, well, that's not me. I wouldn't do that, right? But I think it's important that we examine ourselves. Apostle Paul encouraged us to examine ourselves as to whether we're in the faith, right? And how we're truly walking and how our lives really are. So when we hear the word of God, we got to let it do its work within us, okay? Do we find that we have pierced ourselves through with many sorrows, right? Um, You know, and like I I read to you from 1 Timothy chapter six, because we're chasing the wrong thing, we ended up piercing ourselves through with many sorrows and we've got a lot of burdens in our lives and we're bogged down because of debt and, and you know these things that, that, that the Lord don't want us going through that stuff. He wants us to live, like I said, that unencumbered, that burden-free life. He said, "Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, laden, and I will give you rest." Right, but if we're not careful, and and we we go in the way of this world, and we go in the lust of our eye, for example, and we say, oh, "I see that I got to have that, I want that," and we're and we're not doing the proper things that we, you know, we don't have the proper perspective. We'll find ourselves all burdened down and and. Um, you know, but, but look, if Jesus were standing right in front of you today or right in front of me today, um, as he was in this man's life, what would he see? What does he see as he looks at our heart? Right? Maybe you think like this guy did, right? He thinks he, he had all the, the basis covered, so to speak. Oh yeah, I, I've done this, I've done that. I've done this, I've done that. You know, And he thinks everything's fine. But Jesus looked at his heart and he saw something different. He saw something within him. He really wasn't ready to be fully committed to the Lord. And back here in Luke 18 again, verse 23, but when he heard this, that is this rich guy, right? He heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. Now, do you see that there? It says he was very rich. Right? Remember what I read? Proverbs 13, chapter, verse 7. There is one who makes himself rich, yet has nothing. And one who makes himself poor, yet has great riches. You see, walking with the Lord is always opposite from what this world teaches us. This, this, this world teaches us to be loud and proud and get all you can get, demand your rights and do this and do that, right? Step on others if you have to, tear up people's things, do whatever it takes to get what you want, to get what you need, you know? And the Lord teaches us to be humble, to be meek, to be gentle, to be kind, forgiving one another, right? Filled with the Spirit of the Lord. But you see, it's really not a problem to have a lot of money unless there's a love for it. Right? Again, that that lusting after it or a covetousness to use a biblical term. You know, where you think money changes everything. Oh, if I just had this and you end up spending so much time, if I just had this money, if I just had that money and life is passing you by and you're missing all the things that really do matter in life. You know, we can make that mistake, right? Of thinking money would change everything. And if I had a bunch of it, it wouldn't have no ill effects on my life, right? But the Lord who sees our heart he knows differently, and that's not where he wants our focus at all. And the fact of the matter is, is that we find out in the scriptures that the Lord does indeed have a plan for us and a purpose for our lives. And he does indeed see the truth that we do not see, even as it relates to our own hearts, that sometimes we tend to overlook. Again, this guy thought, well, yeah, check the box. I did that, I did that. Yep, got all that covered, Lord. What do I need for eternal life? I've I've done everything. And then Jesus cuts right through to the guy's heart. And in verse 24, it says, and when Jesus saw saw that, he became very sorrowful. Or excuse me, let me read that properly here. And when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, that is, the man became very sorrowful, he said, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. So remember what the, you know, the ruler was asking about in the first place. Remember what I said to keep in mind, how could he have eternal life? That's what he wanted to know. How could he have that eternal life, that everlasting life? And Jesus goes on in verse 25, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. All right? Jesus, when he looked at him, he knew that there was something hindering this man, something that was a, a love and a passion and a greed, if you will, that wasn't right in this man's heart because the Lord doesn't want us burdened in that way right and that man didn't want to trade his riches even for eternal life he walked away sorrowful and you know the greatest gift of all is offered to you and I today that is the gift of eternal life that comes as a result of us surrendering our souls to the leading of the lord submitting ourselves to his obedience I wanna have you go ahead and turn in your Bibles if you are following along in the Bible to Matthew chapter 13, the first book of the New Testament. Again, these may be scriptures that are familiar to some of you, but what about the application of it? Is the application of it familiar to me or is just, you have a knowledge of the scriptures? Eh, Just a little challenge I thought I'd throw out there, right? But Matthew 13 down in verse 44, Jesus speak and says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Now remember, Matthew's the only one that uses the term kingdom of heaven, but it's interchangeable with kingdom of God that the other gospel writers use the word kingdom of God. It's one and the same thing. Matthew had a different audience, I won't get into all that, but he was, his audience was more of a Jewish audience and uh, they understood it as kingdom of heaven. The Jews uh, limited very much the, the way they used the word God. Um, they didn't even wanna speak it. It just was their reverence for God in doing that, right? But Matthew says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. What did Jesus tell that guy? One thing you're lacking, go and sell all that you have, right? But here's this parable that Jesus is telling, telling these people here. And it's like a hidden treasury says the kingdom of God. This is what it's like. it's worth giving up all that you have. Verse 45, and the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl a great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So this is what, again, this is what Jesus realized about this this ruler. Um, I keep referring to him as a young man, but anyway, There is nothing more valuable than eternal life, nothing more satisfying than having an unencumbered life, trusting in the Lord that he will provide all of your needs, that he'll provide for you. Not all of your greeds, Not, oh, you know, and and there's a lot of false teachers out there that teach this kind of stuff, right? Oh, you can be wealthy. Just send me your money and you'll get wealthy. Send it to this ministry and you'll get that brand new car you want. And if you would just name it and claim it and all that stuff, don't believe it. Read the Bible, test the scriptures, test that doctrine that is against the scriptures. You'll find it doesn't exist, Okay, so again, when I talk about the Lord will provide all your needs, he will. He'll provide your needs, just not your greeds. I'll I'll expound a little bit more on that here in just a little bit, right? But back in uh, Luke 18, if you want to flip back there real, real quick, and in verse 26, Luke 18, 26, right? So Jesus was telling this young man, or you know, talking to this man, this ruler, about how hard it was, in, or not talking to him about it, but telling him to sell all he had, right? Then he turned and he said, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? Because they're trusting in their riches, right? But the, people, the other people that were listening said in verse 26, who then can be saved? but he said the things which are impossible with men are possible with god so this crowd of people that were following jesus at this point of time and they spoke up right some of them did at least and they and they didn't quite comprehend the commitment that jesus was talking about here and maybe as you're listening to me speak tonight about these scriptures it's hard for you to understand just how we are to go about you know, turning, transitioning, repenting from a life where we've been all about money and, you know, maybe we are burdened because of it to, to a life where we surrender all to Jesus and we follow him. We start to follow in his ways and his yoke is easy, his burden is light, he says. Again, that's the life he wants for us. But we've been so programmed, maybe in our upbringing, by society itself, that it's all about money, right? And look, after all, right, you must pay your mortgage, you got to pay for things, you got to buy food and all that, right? Well, God knows this. Over in Matthew chapter six, if you want to go ahead and turn there, Matthew chapter six, I'm gonna read starting down in verse 24. So Matthew 6, 24. says, no one can serve two masters. This is Jesus speaking. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. He says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon here is money material things and riches and you know all that kind of stuff right and the point of everything we're reading tonight is what is controlling you what has gripped your heart like with that rich ruler that he wasn't willing to receive eternal life and to follow Jesus because he wanted to hold on to what he had because what he had had a hold on him. Again, we're talking about a matter of the heart, right? We're not talking about, you know, Jesus was looking at this man's heart. I'm not telling you tonight to sell everything you have and give it to the poor. If the Lord leads you in that, well, then that's a special gift of giving that he would give you to do, and maybe he would, okay? But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the heart. Remember, Jesus looked at this man's heart and he saw this about him. But the question is, right? Are you a slave? Have you become a slave and a servant to the system of this world? And it's bogged you down and it's burdened you down. Like I said, maybe you're piled up with debt. You never can seem to to get ahead financially, but maybe it's because you're spending in a non-frugal, not frugal way. You're not being wise. Spending too much on this overindulgence of food or entertainment or all that kind of stuff, and you're you're because you you don't have contentment in your heart. You're either that or you're a servant of the Lord in the kingdom of God. In other words, a different way of life. You don't live in the way of the world anymore. You don't love the things of the world anymore. John said in one of his epistles, "If you love the world, the love of the Father's not in you." What's your priority? Is it the kingdom of God? Again, the Lord wants to give you peace. He wants to give you that unencumbered life. Jesus goes on in verse 25 of Matthew 6 Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You may find that, uh, you may hear that um, I read these scriptures a lot, and you also may hear in the background, Alexa's going off, giving me a reminder of something I've got to go do. Um, So I might have to yell at her to be quiet, but I think she's done. But maybe you didn't even hear it. Anyway, so your heavenly Father, look at the birds of the air for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns for yet. your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value of more value than they? Again, what I was saying is you may have you may hear me read these scriptures a lot because I've got to turn to them a lot myself and just remind myself not to focus on the things of this world. Look, things happen. You get news sometimes of, you know, maybe your car breaks down. You know, I have it with my van. One time my transmission went out of my van. I knew, man, that's going to be a big time expense right there. And I needed it. I needed it the next day for work. I didn't have it, but I needed it. Well, you know, you can get bogged down by that and burdened. But then then I can look and pause and say, you know what, Lord, you provide my every need. You'll take care of this. And sure enough, He did. And I'm not talking about money falling out of the sky or money coming in the mail or anything like that. I had to pay it and the Lord provided for what I had to pay. And, uh, you know, anyway, but do you ever stop to think about that? Right. Do you understand the value of your soul where it says, are you not more of value than they? In other words, the birds of the air. Let me tell you something. You are of more value and the birds of the air and all the animals in the world and all of that stuff, you alone as a human being are created in the image of God, okay? He gave his son for you. And you are being offered a pearl of great price to come into a relationship with the Lord and his kingdom where he wants to give you righteousness, peace, and joy. And You've heard me quote that a lot too probably, right? Righteousness, peace, and joy. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. When you, don't you want that within your life? Right? Is it worth it to you to just let go and to come unto Jesus and to be a follower of his? Repent, turn from that life that burdens you, that pierces you through with many sorrows because you keep chasing after the wind. Jesus says, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? He said, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Neither They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So he's talking about your basic needs, your basic necessities. Can you be content with that? Just God providing those things for you. Jesus says, therefore, do not worry about what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear. For after these things, the Gentiles seek. That is those that, that do not follow God. Those that are not a follower of the Lord, those that have not committed to their way to Him, like this rich man who turned and walked away sorrowful and said, I ain't doing that. I'm not letting go of everything to follow you, Lord. I gotta hold on to some things. That's not the life that God wants you to have. But look at the end of verse 32. It says your heavenly Father knows you have need of these things. So you got to have food. You got to have clothing. You got to have shelter. God knows it. But he just wants your heart. He just wants you to trust him. That's why Jesus says in verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Do you see that? The kingdom of God, seek his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So again. God knows you have need of these things, okay? But he wants your heart. He doesn't need your money, okay? And to the contrary, he knows you need money. He knows you got to buy food. He knows you got to have clothing. He knows you got to have shelter, right? And there's no need to walk away from what you're hearing right now tonight sorrowful simply because you don't want to let go of your way of doing things. You can. You can choose and say, nah, not for me, just like that man did. Nope. I'm not forsaking all to follow you, Jesus. You've got your part to play in what God wants in your life, you've got to work. You've got responsibility. You can't just sit around and do nothing, right? He wants you to, to be productive. I have a teaching on YouTube that maybe you might want to go listen to called The Productive Life, um, if, if you care to do so. But if you give your life to the Lord in absolute surrender, and you seek the kingdom of God, you will find peace in his provision. And you will find that you are content. The Apostle Paul told this young man, Timothy, he said, godliness with contentment is great gain. Do you realize that? Godliness, if you make that a priority, with contentment, you be content with such as what you have, that's the greatest gain that you can have because it's going to be peace in your heart. When you, when, from, when you, from within your heart, give all that you are, all that you, your life completely to the Lord, all right? When you do, you, and you begin to trust in Him, and it's not about walking by sight, but rather it becomes walking by faith, You're not about being led by your emotions and the philosophies of this world. And you say, Lord, lead me. I will follow you. You will find contentment. But you must be willing to do what that rich ruler was not willing to do. Right? You need to let go of that which you think you need to keep in your control and trust in God. Look, maybe it's not even money that grips you. Maybe it's not even money that burdens you down. We could go we could open up a big old box of things to talk about in regards to things that can burden you down because you're not trusting in the Lord. Could be unforgiveness. Maybe you've got a victim mentality for something that's happened in your life. And, and look, maybe it's understandable. When I say victim mentality, I don't mean to sound cruel or insensitive, but we can all fall into that, right? Woe is me. Look what happened to me. Look at this. Look at that, right? And then it ends up this root of bitterness comes up within us, and we find ourselves discontent and burdened. Right. Or or maybe if it is money, maybe you're spending your life looking for some get rich quick scheme, right? And or maybe you found yourself burdened by debt, that'll eat you up. Look, I've been there, done that, bought the t shirt on credit. Right. But thankfully, you know, we came to a point years ago where we said, Okay, that's it with that. We you know, We've made all the mistakes in the past with that, you know, but my wife and I said, that's it. We're done with that many years ago. And yeah, there's a lot of things we don't have, and there's, you know, we don't buy new furniture. The furniture that we have is probably 20 years old. Some of the furniture is even older, but, you know, we're content. We're content with God's provision, right? But there is a life in Christ for you that, uh, you know, it would take me hours to express all that God has in mind for you because I couldn't really do it because God's looking at your heart and He knows you as an individual and He knows you as I never could. And He knows me as I never could too. But uh, He desires that you live that unencumbered life, right? I wanna read this to you. Then Peter said, see, we have left all and followed you. Okay, so this is Peter's response in Luke 18. And Jesus said to him, surely I say to you that there is none who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, who shall not receive many times more In this present time and in the age to come, eternal life. Again, it's about the heart. Keep that in mind as you're reading the scriptures. Jesus, he said that in John, I believe it was John chapter six. You can check me on that. But he said, The things that I speak to you are spirit and life. He's talking about spiritual things, he's talking about what's going on inside of you. So he's not saying, Hey, leave your wife, leave your husband you know, and all that. He's saying, don't love anything more than you love God. Don't seek anything above the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Seeking the kingdom of God, like Jesus said, and his righteousness. God will provide for you. He wants you to have peace, and he wants you to be content. So I'm going to go ahead and stop here with this teaching. And like I said, um, this was recorded earlier, but I'm monitoring the comments. And uh, if anybody has any prayer request, I'll jump back on here in just a moment. That's the plan. And uh, pray, and we'll actually close out in prayer. But thanks for watching, and we will see you next time. Actually, you're gonna see me this time here in just a second. I'm just used to saying that, but God bless. So yeah, thanks for being here, those of you that are here. And um, like I said, if you do have any prayer requests, um, I can take them now. Or like I've told you in the past, feel free to email me at dave at aloveoutreach.com. And I'll be glad to... Uh, pray for you or answer any questions that you may have, maybe in regards, maybe you're a little bit shy about commenting online or putting questions out here. That's why I give my email address out. Um, If you wanna ask any questions about a life in Jesus Christ and the simplicity of knowing the Lord and walking in the Lord, love love to help you in that area if we can. Um, Or like I said, pray for you in any way that we can. So. Yeah, I'll go ahead and give a moment here for comments, and but I'm gonna go ahead and close out in prayer for tonight. So Lord God, we thank you for this good day, God. We thank you for your love and grace. We thank you, God, that in so loving the world and, and giving your only begotten son, that you did not send your son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Thank you for that great love, Lord. And I pray for all those that have listened live or those that will watch the recording of this or hear the audio recording of this, Lord, that they would give their hearts to you, that they would trust in you, Lord, that they would seek you, Lord, and and come to know truly who you are in your heart for each one of us, Lord. And so we just acknowledge you in this time and, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless everybody. Thanks for hanging in there tonight and um, hope to hear from you, but we will see you next time. Bye-bye.